0: It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight Slugfest on New York's News and Talk Station. 77 WABC.
1: Now, wait a second. Chris Libertini lied. He said he did the imaging, Anthony, with the tag on in the Bernard McGurk studios here at WABC. I didn't hear that. Did any of you there? Well, we're always the last to benefit from these big changes. Here no, the it weekend. just means that Chris Libertini, head of imaging, can run for political office as a Democrat or Republican because he's already proven he's a liar. <laughs> he's got a lot on his plate. Telling you, he, he swore to me. So every one of your shows will have the tag uh, and broadcasting from the Bernard McGirt Studios of seventy-seven WABC Radio. They were all last night.
2: They were last night. I heard that
1: they are in the twelve o'clock show that I do right after O'Reilly Monday through Friday. But somehow. Our show here didn't make the cut. You don't understand. You know, we here in the in the
2: hardworking bouts of the weekend shifts, we are the last to get the fancy stuff. But I don't know if you saw, there was a trade magazine that did a story about the amazing success of WABC and pointing out the great work that John and Margot Katsimatidis have done turning this around and Chad Lopez, and they focused on the weekend schedule, how this weekend schedule used to be very different and much more dormant. Now it's got, it's live and local. It's got guys like you and me on it. So it's, um, dormant
1: you know. is in the, in the question. They had infomercials. <laughs> they, they used to repeat the same infomercial <laughs> right did. after one another. <laughs> Nobody did. listened basically from Friday night, midnight, you know, going into Saturday. Till Sunday midnight, going into money. Nobody listened. But this, and
2: and they had the infomercials about the most unsettling physical ailments that people had. Yes, it was not a great listen. But I, I assume that Chris is going to get to it. This we're low on the pecking order. Once again, by the way, you want to talk about getting a complex? Another one of these big fancy New York Post ads about about our programming, and it's one of the ways one of the ways people get to know is that we really promote promote stuff. And once again, the weekend lineup, it stops at Steve Moore. It doesn't get yep. to you and me. It yep. doesn't
1: get to me. Oh, you know who picked up that? Uh Nancy, even though she is uh, Helen Keller, she can <laughs> barely see. Uh The other day, I got smashed by one of these electric uh bicycles, a woman on it, at 86 Central Park West. I was bringing my wife, Nancy, across the street. She's like Helen Keller now. She can't see in the daytime. And I got smashed by this bike. And just to show you the Upper West Side, which has no love for me or for Republicans, right. I'm really in pain. I mean, this woman is on the bicycle. It's assuming I'm going to sue her for every nickel, diamond, penny she has. A guy gets off at of a cross-town bus. He looks at me, he hey, you've been shot before. You'll be okay.
2: <laughs> but, I want, but apropos of that subject, nothing unifies the left and the right in every neighborhood. Senior citizens and a lot of people... Bikes on the sidewalk, bikes not yielding to pedestrians. Oh man,
1: and they and, and the electric bikes. Remember, yeah. they're moving fast. They really are. They and this really are. woman thought she had killed me, and yeah. to this moment, I feel it. I feel my bones rattled from the tip of my nose to the tip of my toes, while Nancy is in recovery, <laughs> slowly getting back her eyesight. And remember, right. Helen Kelly used to live in Forest Hills. I didn't know that. Right there, you know, where you get off the Long Island Railroad, that magnificent old building. Right that's where she spent so many of the years pioneering uh, in trying to get people help for all of those who are sightless, like our own, uh, right. I call my husband-in-law, Governor David Patterson, who's the uh, stepfather of my oldest son, Anthony. She was also a socialist. She voted for Eugene V. Debs. Now, see, that's all you have to do is tell our audience <laughs> that <laughs> Helen Keller, who pioneered for the sightless, for those that were a vision challenge, was a hardcore socialist. <laughs> Next thing you know, she would have been a communist. But
2: is there now? I know you've been hit by an electric bike. Right. You get hit by a cab during yes, the campaign. Yes. What is with you crossing the street? I guess you're only safe when the rest of us want to be less safe. We go into the subways when you want to have a safe cocoon.
1: Well, I like go to say that, that I'm gallant. I took the hit so that Nancy wouldn't. Right? She couldn't have seen. By, but to be honest. I didn't take the hit for her because I didn't see the bike coming either. <laughs> it just clobbered me. But it shows you the difference. If that would have been in, let's say, Howard Beach, they would say, oh, they finally got him. Right? <laughs> uh, no, if that would have been in the Rockaways, the Irish Riviera, where Sid Rosenberg used to live until his pipes burst. Right, right. Now he's uh, at some hotels in midtown Manhattan. Yeah. There they would give me CPR, you know, they'd be summoning the ambulance in that. Just shows you the difference. Up uh, He's one of those Republicans. Yeah, but you don't know, Curtis, if they're going to whack you, it's
2: not going to be the way you think. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Woman on a bicycle, an electric bicycle. Now, speaking of electric, speaking of supersonic, speaking of all things, future and past, on this day in history, you, Anthony Weiner, you're you're responsible for a number of things when you were both city council person and uh, congressman. We do not have Walmart in the five boroughs of the city of New York because of you, you're Anthony. Weiner. America. America. You're welcome. I remember your press conferences at nauseam on Queens Boulevard. Never a Walmart. Never, never, never. Standing up for
2: small businesses and neighborhood shops. That's
1: me. Standing in the median part (laughs) and nearly getting hit by traffic for the photo op. But you single-handedly prevented Walmart. I mean, Sam Walton had a curse on you down there in Arkansas. So that was number one. And number two, you moved to ban the Concorde, the supersonic air flight It had its first flight in 1976. It was considered the future of air flight, like an hour up and then an hour down. It cut off like two-thirds of the time. You cross the Atlantic Ocean, the pond from England or France. And then in 2003, the Concorde took its last regular commercial flight, landing in JFK. And you! You were out there on a consistent basis protesting Well, it. trying to
2: protect the people of Broad Channel and Rockaway that had to hear that sonic boom a couple of times every day. But <laughs> in all of my time with that fight, I had never, until you and I started doing a show, have met anyone who was actually on the Concord. You actually were on the
1: Concord. And I was tell you a quick side story. Uh, it was when I was on in the mornings with Ron Kuby uh, whose mommy is a commie. It was actually, his father was, was a commie, but it didn't rhyme. His mommy was a commie. <laughs> And every time he would do the show by himself, he would piss off some of the advertisers. Couldn't afford to do that because without advertising, this is commercial radio. There is no talk radio. So I was stuck in London. I had just graduated a Guardian Angel patrol for the north north side of London. I take the train. You know, the subway goes to Heathrow. You know, most civilized urban areas have a subway that goes directly to their airports. Not New York City. No, Chicago has it. Even Cleveland has right. it, but we don't have it. But London, straight out to Heathrow, and so I missed the flight. British Airways, a normal flight. I got to get back. The only other flight leaving is the supersonic, right? So I said, swipe my card. All right, swipe the card. God only knows how much uh, money it costs. I had no idea. I get on the flight. It's shaking like a, a leaf, right? And a very small plane.
2: It's not a very big
1: plane. Very small. Right? Goes yeah. straight up, and then no. it comes straight down. <laughs> You can't hold on to anything because everything is shaking. The only reason you took it is it shortened the flight by almost two thirds the yeah. time. And then I land and then the bill comes at the end of the month, the American Express card at the time, like $8,000. I mean, oh my God, I don't have $8,000. So I go to the boulevard building, which is right across from LaGuardia, right next to McClancy High School on the BQE and the vice president of operations of British Airways, America is a nun. He said, none. I hadn't done the su- sign of a cross in like decades. I did the sign of the cross. I said, oh, uh, sister, I forget what her name was. She was working that in addition to helping a convent nearby. And I told her my story of doom. And and she goes, oh, I listened to you and Kubi. You're damn right. It's good. In fact, we're going we're gonna to make this one go away. Thank God you got back in time. Oh boy! Well, imagine if it wasn't a nun. Yeah. I, I would have been bankrupt right there. But you—you're responsible yep. for the end of the concourse. Yep. No
2: more loud booms. They got enough problems with, with JFK flying overhead. We got—we got rid of that. We did a toast, you know, when it, when the community leader is there. You—you uh, you had no idea. First, of all, it would fly very low, and it would literally make a sonic boom a couple of times a day. It would like everyone's glasses would rattle a couple of times. We like, heard it from Canarsie. We all, heard it in exactly. Canarsie's right? not that far. Yeah. And all, also some foo-foo people can cut an hour or two off their flight. So <laughs> oh, I, said, I don't was regret Diana that fight. Diana Ross you don't know, don't flying reg- back yeah, and I said,
1: forth. I don't regret that fight one bit. <laughs> it was Andy Warhol. It was Diana Ross. <laughs> the trend it's going back and forth. So that was that. And then not far away, of course, there's LaGuardia. You remember the famous statement by Joe Biden, then Vice President. This is a third world airport. So, Andrew Cuomo, one of his lasting legacies is the billions and billions of dollars to go in to redo LaGuardia Airport. Oh, come on. It needed it. I gotta tell you, I, I don't know what was worse. The before or after. Now you have to walk uh, like a mile to get to your terminal. There's all kinds of stores inside. People get spun around, they get lost. I mean what the
2: hell? No, it didn't it it. first of all, that was that was a dump. By the way, JFK was also JFK ha has or
1: AKA Idlewild.
2: Yeah, but but I have to tell you why I mean the obvious solution, I agree with you, I can't believe you know that train to the plane is such a red herring. Such a what is he a White elephant. I don't know why in all of the funds that, that they allocated they didn't do a straight shot in from LaGuardia, which is totally doable. You know what they should do? They should extend the end train. I now, it's controversial. Way, I, I,
1: I'm going to answer that again tonight in the overnights. Why a white elephant? Why did you yeah, use the term white to... elephant instead of red herring? I mean, we well, use red,
2: – Yeah, red herring is a different – but that's another thing. Why red herring? It's, it's got to have some, some – some, it has to be somewhere in literature, the red herring part. Like, there must have been some book that a red herring was put in as a clue, and it turned out was that it that was that You were
1: slipping us some, uh, you know, secret commie ideology, <laughs> yeah, you know, probably. the red herring, it the red scare, is. I it mean, whatever. Is. But yeah, where these terms, we, we repeat them ad nauseum. And I always ask our listeners at W, how come, what is it? Raining cats and dogs. What does, does that, that mean? come from? That's, yeah. Red herring, white elephant. It's amazing the number of phrases we use where if you actually say to the person, what do you really mean by that? It's probably, a lot of them come
2: back from from literature. A lot of them is seafaring stuff, like back in the day. You right, know?
1: seafaring. Mike. My father would tell I me a lot. Uh, merchant seamen from 54 years. There's a lot of years.
2: expressions that come from those kinds of things. But, by the way,
1: uh, uh, speaking of uh, seafarers, uh, the Norwegians are always the best, my father would say. That's why they're square heads, because they would square out the map. Over there in Bay Ridge, they would have a parade every year, Third Avenue. They believe that Lee Erikson, Eric the Red... Discover the New World, you know, in the Maritime right. Provinces, uh, in Newfoundland. Right. This uh, is
2: why we're taking down all the Christopher Columbus statues and putting Leif Erikson statues Yeah, well, statues uh, tell out. that to the Irish <laughs>
1: nuns who believe it was St. Brendan the Navigator. Everyone has their own story. But the interesting thing is Norway now has commissioned a study and is spending a million dollars, a million dollars, to study the concept of when you use white before a term like white elephant, hmm. is that subliminally a white supremacist thing? Like we, we associate black with yeah. negative things. So now they're studying if every time we call something like like a white elephant, you wouldn't think twice. Or
2: does that guy wear the black hat? You know. Yeah, right. I I actually once in a city council hearing asked the witness, I have no idea what the thing was, whether they felt someone had been blackballed or something. And uh, Mary Pinkett, I don't know if you remember this name. Yes. She was... She was this, she was an African-American councilwoman from, I believe, East New York, and she objected. And she said, why are you using that? And I had never thought it. I didn't think it It wasn't. I mean, I didn't think I was being racist, but who knows? There probably is. According
1: to the Norwegians, your use, when you shifted from the communist saying red herring, (laughs) and you realized that you didn't want to be perceived as a communist, and you used the term white elephant, you subliminally were. That's probably right. We're, we're reflecting on your white supremacist point of view. My implicit racism. This is incredible. Yes. Every yes. word we have to now, and we have to
2: put under an electron right. microscope. And as we should, we should be as sensitive as we can that we don't do harm with our but words. But
1: now, I would always say you got to put it under an electron microscope and put some red dye on it. Would that somehow indicate that I'm leaning left, you know, past socialism yes. to communism?
2: But by the way, all this political correctness and stuff. I guess if you're saying stuff that has a tradition of being from a a racially segregated time, there's no reason to call that and say, all right, let's not do that anymore. Well, my wife objects
1: to the fact when I say, hey, it's raining cats and dogs out there. She goes,
2: what are you suggesting? By the way, you know which one I can't figure out if it's right or wrong? Latinx. Oh,
1: oh, you you mean the, yes. You know that expression?
2: A lot of lefty uh, um, Latin American, Latin American New Yorkers, Latin New Yorkers, whatever, Hispanic New Yorkers don't like that, even lefties.
1: Well, so I don't
2: want to use Latin You know Latinx who has removed
1: that from the terminology in the state of Arkansas. The brand new governor used to be spokesperson for Donald Trump, oh, yeah. Uh, the, the, her first act as governor of Arkansas, daughter of the former governor of Arkansas, Hutchison, yeah, who used to weigh nine thousand eight hundred and fifty-two uh, pounds. That's not necessary. Well, now he's slim and trippy. He's he's, on, he's like in a race with Pompeo to see who can shrink. Oh, faster. I thought you were
2: talking about her. Yeah, yeah. You can you can you can make weight remarks about guys. You can't do it about. Yeah, exactly,
1: exactly. but anyway, her first move was to remove Latin X. Which I never knew what the hell that meant anyway. And now that there's only 18 Latinos in Arkansas, which' it doesn't affect a lot of people. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but anyway, up next, we got to talk about two things. The shifting dynamics of the growing number of Asian-Americans who are no longer a sure shot to be Democrats. Is there any
2: race we're not going to touch? We're going go to go no, into Asians No, yeah, we're touching now.
1: every race. <laughs> every race. And of course, the other thing, which you would be more privy to, why is it Eric Adams, the mayor, is crying out for money to every Democrat? That does control money. And they're not even giving him two nickels. I mean, everyone. Biden, Schumer, Jeffries, Hochul. And they're giving him nothing. And yet, who did he get mad at? Tom DiNapoli, who was at the parade today, the Lunar Parade. He said, "Yeah, man, the man's kind of angry with me." I said, "Yeah, you want to you want to march behind me just in case he shows up here at the Luna uh, Parade there in Flushing earlier today." See, we don't just talk about the news and give you commentary about the news. We tell you all the problems that uh, Anthony Weiner created for us when he was a councilman and a congressman, and also. What I was doing this very day, not getting hit by a bicycle or cab or shot with five hollow-point bullets, all of that here on WABC Left versus Right, Anthony Weiner and Curtis Lewa.
0: It's the left versus the right. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight Slugfest. 77 WABC it's the left versus the right in the right corner it's heavyweight king curtis lewa in the left corner it's anthony wiener it's a 77 wabc debate heavyweight slugfest
1: hate this song i really do ryan i mean low low blow but i will tell you this uh, speaking of, uh, nice guys and nice gals in politics, uh, the state controller of this, of the, of New York, Tom DiNapoli, listens to WABC. So today, he was the only Democrat who would talk to me. And so, uh, DiNapoli, we're having a conversation, goes, man, you guys, you rip up Frank, Frank Morano, all of you guys at WABC. He's saying, I hear cats and sometimes take shots. And Frank, you're always taking shots. He's like a human pinata. I said, you listen all night. He goes, "Yeah, it's better than watching TV." This comes from the State Controller of New York, from yeah, well, Tom First of all,
2: you know I'm I'm on Team Curtis. Yep. You're aware of that. Um, some of it is because we know Frank is asleep, right? Because if we're on the air, that means he's probably out like a light. And some of it is a, a certain amount of professional jealousy. I mean, the guy does. You guys at night do incredible numbers, like just about every radio that is on, and there's not as many as maybe they're on during the day.
1: But folks are listening to you guys. But so, um, I actually heard Frank the other day saying to me, why does everybody always pick on me? <laughs> why well, is everybody? Oh.
2: Yeah. I, by the way, I was on with, with him on Thursday morning. He had this, this great me and a, a guy named Thaddeus McCotter, a former Republican congressman who ran for president briefly. We had a nice conversation. We encourage people to download that on podcast. But he's a great guy, and we, it's all in fun. There's there's no, the, we the bar I want to say to the controller. By the way, he's... He is the one thing Tom, Tom DiNapoli's path to success in New York was being someone that everybody liked. Yep. His his colleagues in the state legislature had to appoint him because it was a vacancy at attorney general. And basically, he's someone that even Republicans say that they don't mind. Well, him.
1: He's, you know, well, Remember Well Alan Hevesy went down in chains and shackles. And so then Shelly Silver gets to pick the controller. Right. right. Tom DiNapoli was doing his his. IRS accounts on H and R Block. He knew nothing about that's this. That's not true. Shelly Silver he said, was, "Hey, yeah, you're going to be he, the controller." He's By the way, you just got done saying he's the nicest guy, and now he you. He's the nicest
2: guy, but <laughs> right. that's how he got picked. Well, what? How, how was that at the parade?
1: It was jammed, and you've been at many lunar parades because you were Mister Parade. Right, right. Your your mentor Chuck Schumer would be in front, and then you'd be a few groups yes, behind. Correct. It's how you learn from Chuck Schumer, no doubt about no it. No doubt about it. You had the sign. You could be. It could be Anthony Weiner and just one aide. The aide is holding his sign. It right. says, "Your Congressman, Anthony Weiner." Right. Like everybody knows the, you're the sign. By the way, the size of a refrigerator box. Exactly. The stiff wind came along. That and guy you're was g- going back and forth. You're high fiving. You know, you're working the crowd like right. Chuck with the bullhorn. Chuck's right. got the board. Although I noticed. He's given up on that now. He now stays with the crowd of Democrats. You know, they all pack together, which you and I both know is not a good thing. Right. He is noticeable because everybody knows, Chuck, whether you like him or don't. But a lot of the other Dems, they get no play because they're all together like sardines in a can. And they're all marching together. And the crowd on the sidelines, very hard for them to differentiate. Somebody like Chuck Schumer, yes. The rest, no. And for the first time, Republicans were noticeable in the parade. Guess who led the parade in front with the police? Two weeks ago, they were going to kick him out of the assembly. Assemblyman Lester Chang, who oh, yeah. uh, Carl Hasty and the assembly appears is going to leave alone. I said, Lester, you went from the outhouse to the front of the parade. No easy thing. No kidding. And they had him in the front because obviously legitimate Chinese-American veteran. He was with the cops. The crowd loved that. They brought him up on the stage, which, as you know, for years, only right. the Democrats yeah, yeah. on the stage. Republicans, hey, we'll wave to you as you pass by. They still don't let me on the stage. But let
2: me ask you about the, the politics in the flushing Asian community. Yeah. Do the Korean vote and the Chinese vote go the same place, no. or do they split up?
1: No. In fact, uh, Ron Kim, the assemblyman, right. the darling of the media, because yeah. he took on Cuomo about the – uh the elderly uh, situation right. after COVID-19, his own relative was involved in that. Uh, he just barely won a race right. against a Republican female Chinese challenger. No, there's, there's bad blood because you have the Koreans who are along Northern Boulevard as they go into Whitestone and Bayside. Right. And then you have the Chinese who are the, the growing influence so they're battling politically, as has always happened in New York City. Right,
2: and this is the big mistake that white media people make who are not sophisticated as you are. They say oh, the the Latino vote they refer to. But right. no, I mean, for years, the Dominican vote and the Puerto Rican vote were frankly at each other's throat to some degree in competition. And then the Mexican vote started to elevate, and, and who knows how they would go. So I, I think the same is true in the Asian community. These, are, these might seem like subtle differences to the outside, but they're very distinct communities. But you did very well... Among all the Asian, communities. yeah, I, uh,
1: for the first time, a Republican as a Republican running for mayor, I won the Asian vote, and then Zeldin came behind against Hochul, did even better in a lot of the Asian, predominant Asian communities. So that concept of voting Republican is setting it. Now, Still how about, do you
2: how do you explain it?
1: Oh, I explain it on four levels. Uh, a number one, as you know, a lot of the Chinese and Koreans they come here, the mom and pop shops, retail. They're getting crushed with the shoplifting and the boosting, and they—they're getting so no crime. Help. crime. Crime is a crime, surprise. hurting them. Then obviously they don't send their children to private schools; they send them to public schools. So you went to Brooklyn Tech; you had to take a special test. John Katzamantidis special test, and they have done extraordinarily well in mastering the special test. They have tutoring. But the kids go to public schools. Thank God they do because they've raised yeah, for the sure. average marks in a lot of these schools. And then there was others who were saying they're doing too well. You got to sort of put a cap on them the way they did against Jewish people in the sixties when they're doing too well. You know, there's too many based on their population. I say that's number two. I'd say number three is the fact that they are realizing the power that they have economically that both parties are coming to them wanting contributions. And now they realize, wait, we can sit back and listen to both sides. Whereas before, basically we voted for Democrats. It was rare that they voted for Republicans. And I think Trump convinced a lot of them to try the Republicans initially, and then they came on board with me for mayor and Zeldin for governor. But it
2: doesn't, I mean, I think that the, the, the point that you mentioned about that de Blasio effort to take the specialized schools and basically, I don't know how else to put it, make changes that would have led to fewer by percentage Asian seats in these things. I think that really reverberated in a way that a lot of us didn't realize, that like that that de Blasio effort looked to a lot in the Asian community of, of blaming them for their success and basically trying to punish them for their success. I think that really hurt. The interesting thing, and I don't know the answer to this, is the same trend going on with Asians around the country? Or is the Asian vote starting to trend towards Republicans?
1: Yes, not as much as it is here. Now, interesting, when you went to uh, uh, Brooklyn Tech, when John went before you, that was a very diverse high school. It I was. mean, you had blacks, you had Asians, you had Hispanics, you had whites. Then that began to become less diverse. Likewise, uh, when I was growing up in the 60s, Jewish kids were taking the specialty tests, especially for Bronx High School of Science and for Stuyvesant and really doing well. And then all of a sudden it was talk like we got to put a cap on it. There's way too many, maybe 40 percent and that's it. We can't accept Hey, how unfair is that? They're playing by the rules. They're taking the test. It's like civil servants. They're taking the test. Right. You don't know who they are. And now I'm seeing the same thing happen to Asians. It's almost the same effect. Although by the time their children go to school and they develop their own political uh, wherewithal, that will change also. But now you have a lot who are buying houses. They're in business for the first time. They're realizing the American dream. And they're looking at Democrats more like AOC, DSA Democrats, not moderate Democrats. So the moderate Democrats, it says uh, Ming, Congresswoman uh texted out on the night that I lost to Eric Adams. She said, oh, my God, FFF, what the hell is going on here? You know, they basically took our vote. Well, didn't take the vote. The vote was smart enough to say no we're free agents. Yeah. Let's listen to what the Democrats have to say. Let's listen to the, what the Republicans have to say and let's see if it benefits our community, which is the way all voters should be. That may will make it a lot tougher for all politicians.
2: Yeah, but like so many communities before the Asian community and not to speak all with a broad brush. I just said not to do that, but it the, a lot of Asian parents saw that their fast track to advancement was through the education system yes. because people like talk badly about the about the uh, the New York City school system, but there is a Gold Coast of schools. Oh yeah, and I was fortunate enough to go. My mom, Fran Weiner, taught at Midwood. Like there are some good schools to go to, and they were taking that path. And as whites were leaving the system. Asians were filling in those slots and were doing very well. And what I think what the perception was in the effort to try to increase racial diversity, it was seen by many in the Asian community as a way to stop their growth. And I think that's one well, of the reasons they turned against perfect the Perfect For
1: example, I started out in Catholic schools, St. Matthews, Josephite, Irish nuns, Crown Heights, Eastern Parkway, Utica Avenue, even though I was taking the B-17 bus all the way up from Canarsie. It was a very diverse classroom. You had blacks, you had Cubans that were coming in because of uh, Castro's takeover, a few Irish, and then me, the lone kid from Canarsie. I was in a class of 40. I was stifled. The uh, mother superior calls my mother in fourth grade said, you got to get Curtis out of here. What did he do? What did he do? Right away, she goes up there because she had gone to public schools. She said, you got to send him to PS114 in Canarsie. Why? I went to PS114, she said. Because they have advanced classes. He's stifled here. Yeah, he's going to get A+, plus, but he's not being stimulated. I went into 4A, Jungle Jenny Wilson. 30 Jewish kids, one Dutch Reformed, and me, the Gentile, right? They're getting the New York Times delivered to them before first period. They're reading <laughs> above the fold, under the fold. First period, current events, they're like horse shack, You know, ooh, 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 I know it. I turn to Beth White, the Dutch Reformed I said, what are they raising the answer? They know the answer. Boom, they were nailing the answer. One of the questions was, where is Bosnia Herzegovina? I said, I used to get the weekly read it. You know, it's like well, two you pages. Well, you
2: were delivering the
1: papers. It wouldn't kill you to read every once in a while. That was the daily them. news. You didn't get anywhere <laughs> with it. And I'm telling you, Anthony, I then started to follow the Jewish kids after school instead of my Supreme Cousin cousins, the knuckleheads. And they introduced me to microfilm in the library. Oh, that was the Internet. Yeah. Of our time. This yeah. is before you, Anthony. I am beholden to the chosen people for introducing me. Oh, are you kidding? Yeah. To microfilm. Anyway, when we come back, i got to ask you, how come all these Democrats won't help Eric Adams get $2 billion to deal with the migrant issue? I mean, he's already gone down the whole laundry list. Well, you know who can ask him? Maybe Rudy Giuliani can ask him. They might be hanging out,
2: you were telling me. I want to oh, hear that God story.
1: God, Sid is really trying to pull out all the stops. Let's see to have a a shit a sit-down between Rudy Giuliani and Eric Adams. I want to hear about that. His newfound friend. All of that left versus right, Anthony uh, Weiner, Curtis Sliwa. And if you missed any of Anthony's In the Middle show... You go to wabcradio.com. And what are your other podcasts? And The Middle Unplugged, we talk about the 70 million
2: secret documents we produce every year in the federal government. That's The Middle Unplugged. That can be downloaded on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
1: And then the keys to the city where I act like the Red Chinese, I steal your intellectual property, all your ideas. I then recycle and claim, it's my idea, just like the Red Chinese do.
0: The left versus the right. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight Slugfest. 77 WABC. When well, he's sticking you and taking all your money. Give it a loop! Give it a loop! Give it a loop! Give it
1: a loop! Well, well, uh, you got to be listening tonight. Sunday morning, 12 midnight to 6, in which I'm going to cold bus your very dear friend future Speaker of the House of Representatives, when the tide turns, Hakeem Jeffries, who says he's inspired by the words of Biggie Smalls, used to repeat it, oftentimes going up. And I'm going to indicate some of the words that I heard from Biggie Smalls. I'm going to... Man, I can't even say it at this time. I can say it in the wee hours of the morning. But if I were to say some of the things he was saying, Biggie Smalls, my God. This is the
2: this is the problem. You you want to nitpick the guy. You talk about his uncle
1: Jeffrey's uncle, and Jeffrey's one of the most virulent anti-Semites you say, ever.
2: You say that if since so you like Biggie Smalls, that means you have to own every one of his lyrics.
1: Oh, by the way, uh, this is perfect. Give me the loot. I sent John Katsamitidis pictures from Bronx bodegas. Where they have bicycle chains now for all the liquid detergents, starting with Tide. They have them all locked up. I know, I know. Big story in the Post today about that and how they're closing ATM machines early because of all the crime.
2: But that was the first thing, by the way, that they locked up behind plastic in the CVS and in the Walgreens. Was the dishwasher pods and the washing machine tide. pods? Tide, they, everybody yeah. loves Tide. Yeah, that, that that stuff showed up quick. You know, it was the first the first guy that was caught was by the the Trader Joe's by me walking out with a stack of steaks. Yep. And then he quickly learned you can't move steaks very well on Fourteenth Street. But if you grab the Tide pods, you're going to do great.
1: You're now, do- now let's uh, get down to the nitty gritty. I am going to excuse myself because, as you know, I'm at odds with Mayor Eric Adams. But even I am befuddled. The migrants keep pouring in. You and I, after the show, we could go down to the Port Authority, and there's a whole section just for the migrant buses coming in from Texas, mostly El Paso. They just keep coming in, and they're full. And these are people who say, I want to come to New York. We saw when the mayor went down to El Paso, they right. would say, oh, yeah, we, we want to come to New York. We hear that's the best. The mayor was saying, no, that's not the case. But pff, the damage is done. So they continue to come. The mayor has gone to Washington. The mayor's done press conferences. The mayor has chastised Tom DiNapoli, who I was with today in the parade, the Lunar New Year Day parade. He also possible.
2: had a spat with the controller of the city of New York. For also, you know, they were fighting a little bit there as well. Right,
1: Brad Lander, He Brad was at Lander. the parade today also, and he's attacked others by saying, "Unless you're with me on this issue, you're against me. Send a letter, text, tweet, do something." Because I'm trying to get $2 billion now. Now, I think that's asking for a lot, but let's just say, let's, for argument's sake, 40,000 migrants, he needs $2 billion. He calls himself to Biden of Brooklyn. He couldn't be nicer to the president. Nothing from the White House, nothing from Harris, nothing from Majorcus. Okay, next level, who's stronger than Chuck Schumer in the Senate? The majority leader, he can procure money, nothing. Hakeem Jeffries, the new power of Democrats in the House, the future speaker, nothing. Hochul, without without Eric Adams, Hochul might not have won a Democratic primary if Tish James had jumped in. Because remember, right away when Eric Adams was nominated, that night when he accepted the congratulations of his fellow, uh, fellow Democrats in a very tight ranked choice vote, Kathy Hochul was allowed on the stage, not Tish James. Right. Signaling to everybody that the mayor's choice for governor is Kathy Hochul. I think Tish began to realize, uh-uh, this is going to be a lot tougher than I thought. Eric has, uh, he's not supporting me. He's supporting Kathy Hochul. All during his race against Zeldin. She was like his Trump card, so to speak, without there being Donald Trump on it. He can't get how to even take 500 migrants and put them somewhere upstate where there's nobody... Nor give him any money. Now, what is? It's got to be something behind this. It, it, has he burnt all of his bridges? What? Why are they all remaining quiet on his request? We do need money. It's killing our budget, and it's not fair that we're taking away from people who live here, who need services. When it seems we're going overboard for the migrants to give them services that we don't even give to a lot of our homegrown. All
2: right. Well, let's let's sort out that that last part is not. True, they have a right to housing in New York City. I'm not crazy about the fact that they have that right. It's a court order. If you became mayor, you would have to follow it. Also, they have a right to housing.
1: No, I wouldn't let them off the bus. I'd say, yeah, no, no, get them, put them on the bus. Guess what? We have our friends in Jersey, Raj Baraka. You're taking your first What fair is this? Share. What
2: is first of all? What is this? Let them take them, deliver them. These are human beings. Yes. Who are. With the, many of them with kids, you know, one of the hotels that they're putting them at is across the street from this church that my 12 step group meets in. You see them out there, they're human beings, a lot of women with kids. Is that a lot the Watson Hotel? Uh, it's, I don't know what it's called, the Pennsylvania on 31st, between 7th and 8th. Okay, yeah. Or right, right, right next to the fire station where, 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 where Father Michael Judge used yes. to, to worship. Anyway, you know, these are people. All right, let's remember that. Second of all, they're going to where they think they're going to have some opportunity, and often, sometimes, Places that they have connections with people. There are a lot of nonprofits here that are helping to place people. I don't believe that we're going to be left hanging. We just passed the budget in in Washington. It's not like it's going to come quickly, but there's going to be some money coming from the federal government. I think that you know no one is 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 better attuned to these issues than Chuck Schumer and Hakeem Jeffries. It's going to happen. Now, I do have a beef with the way the the mayor is playing this.
1: Uh huh. You see. It appears to be a crack under the surface that you first brought out last week when he went down to El Paso. Right,
2: and that is, I think, and I think that he's starting to hear this. He's hearing this a little bit from Brad Landry. He's heard this from Tom DiNapoli. He's heard it from others, that this whole idea that the city is closed to people, we don't do that. We don't close the city. We're the city that never sleeps. The city is always open. And in the same exact week... That we're hearing that there, that our economy is like losing people. There are people who aren't on the workforce that used to be. Hundreds of thousands aren't showing up to work like they used to. We need workers. We need people to come here. And I think that the mayor is kind of adopting some talking points that might be popular on Fox News and maybe other places on the dial here at 7
1: With Sid Rosenberg, his newfound friend.
2: (laughs) Yes, that's true. Now, now, Sid, I got to give him a lot of credit. He's, he recognizes that Immigration is the key to success in New York. He recognizes and is showing that Eric Adams is right to have open arms for the immigrants that are coming here. I think we do need some help from the now, program.
1: Now, you see, that would all change. Now that he's discovered the Irish Riviera and he left the Upper West Side. I said to Sid the other day, you know, now that your your house has been flooded because the pipes were burst, the curse of Eric Adams upon you in the Irish Riviera why don't you go back to the Upper West Side? Never. I'll never go to the I don't Upper know. West Side. It sounds
2: to me like he's enjoying this Manhattan life. Yeah. He's been to two Ranger games in one week. He's exactly. going to parties, and he goes to the same diner every morning. He seems to be getting oh, pretty no used to it. Oh, no doubt about it. it. But he's getting used to it.
1: I will tell you this. Eric Adams has said, as he has said before, and this is what gives me vertical. I may bring in ocean liners. I may all of a sudden use stadiums. Now, what stadiums? Are you talking the big stadiums, Yankee Stadium, City Field?
2: He's going to close the lid on the Arthur Ashe Stadium out at the the tennis
1: center out there. He's saying federal lands. they got to give up some of the federal lands. I'm saying, no, wait a second. Uh, Irish Riviera out there. What happened? What would Sid say if all of a sudden he procured some of the land where Fort Tilden is, the former federal facility, and started to house uh, the migrants out there? Would Sid be jumping for joy? Would he all of a sudden be him No, you see, if it's in your backyard, you're not jumping for joy. As long as it's in somebody else's backyard. You know how this syndrome works.
2: Sid, like many of us, recognize that Eric Adams is trying to do the best they can under difficult circumstances. The only question here is, is Eric Adams by going down to the border, crying to high heavens that the that the, the city is closed, blaming the federal government, is he doing the be- is he representing the best tradition of New York City, which is we are a city we can handle it. These are tough things, but we can handle it. We can handle crisis. We can handle immigration. We can handle these types of challenges. It's perfectly fair, though, to say, but we need some federal help. You know,
1: I have to admit, I'm not a supporter of Eric Adams, but he says to Kathy Hochul, just take 500.
2: What do you mean take? Kathy Hochul isn't taking house, anyone. House them upstate. No, they they have the ability, if if. Jobs, well, jobs, are it's complicated. They're, they're really not allowed to be taking no, jobs. No, I
1: understand. But there's plenty of space upstate, plenty, you know. And,
2: and there's plenty of cities that are dying for lack of... Give an example.
1: All these progressive mayors are not at all offering any help. You don't see Steve Fulop from across the Hudson in Jersey City, a very prosperous, liberal, progressive city. The guy wants to run for governor because uh, half in the right. bag Murphy is term limited out. You say to yourself,
2: half, half in the bag, Murphy, he has an Irish name, oh that's what God, you call no, him? no, the
1: guy is smashed. You should look at his video message from Drum Thackett. Uh, I mean, the guy is This Irish. is the worst totally kind smashed. of
2: anti-Irish.
1: Of anti- well, Irish. he's Goldmine Sachs. you know, Goldmine Sachs. <laughs> Corzine was Goldmine, shit. but you don't see Phillips saying, hey, maybe, you know, maybe we can convince 100 to come spend uh, time in Jersey City or Raj Baraka. All these great mayors of liberal, progressive, Democratic credentials, not one of them have come forward. Not Mayor Sano from uh, Yonkers, not the Malvern. None of them have said, Eric, let's see if we can convince a few people to come up uh, our way, and this way we give you some relief. How
2: come everybody's
1: hiding on this issue?
2: It's, well, no, the opposite is kind of happening, is that New York City, and this is something that really is unique to New York. We have, you know, during the, I think it was the Dinkins years, we were sued by Coalition for the Homeless saying that we weren't treating the homeless right. And as an agreement that we made as part of that suit that binds us to this day is that we are the only city, I think in the country, that now has, because of that court order, a requirement that we provide housing for everyone who comes here. You know, not other cities can do that. Other cities can say, tough tacos. We don't have anything for you. I'm sorry. Now, with that comes a lot of expense. He can't get out from under it. And I think that, that frankly, there's, there's a reason why some of these other, but this is what makes New York different. You see, here's what I look for in my leaders. I look for my leaders being like, we got this. We have concerns. We've got this challenge. I'm not going to spend, you're not going to turn on the TV every day seeing me whining about it. I'm going to try to solve this problem. And then I am going to quietly do the job and loudly do the job if necessary of asking for support from my partners in government. The concern I have with the way Adams is pursuing this is, you know, it's kind of like when you go to Israel, you don't hear politicians talk about terrorism in Israel. They quietly say, we're going to handle this. You can feel safe. It should be the same way with problems when you're the mayor. Um, and I think that that, that that it is perfectly reasonable to say to Chuck Schumer and to Hakeem Jeffries... And to our congressional delegation, get us federal help to do this. But it doesn't happen overnight, but it'll happen. I'm confident of it.
1: But right in the meantime, let me take over Yankee Stadium, City Field. Let me bring in Ocean Liners. Let me recirculate. Is he going to yeah, put up tents again? Put, for right, right. put up tents. No, Fort Tilden out in the Irish Riviera. Watch how quickly Sid will say, come on. <laughs> come on, Eric. You, you don't want to do that. I got all my friends out there. Coming up next. I have tracked Sid Rosenberg and this love affair he has with his fellow metrosexual, Eric Adams. I mean, they look at one another. They have suits, customized suits. I've always told the two guys, don't get into a hot tub together because you may never go back to what you claim you were once you're in a hot tub together. He tried to convince Andrew Giuliani that he is bringing Eric Adams over tonight for a viewing party at Rudy Giuliani's house. Of the Giants, who are going to lose to the Philadelphia Eagles, even though I'm a Giant fan. I see the handwriting on the wall. And again, Sid has gone out, walked a gang plane and said, no, no, Eric will be there. Now, you know, there's only so you many You mean times. they are
2: not, they're real friends then. They're like hanging out together and watching football. That's- well,
1: how many people use Eric Adams' name? There's another up- metrosexual in the Post today who's throwing Eric Adams' name around. Oh, right. He's on his way to jail. Uh How many times can Sid do this? He's got to deliver. Remember, December 14th, I had it on my calendar. He swore. He said, cross my heart and hope to die, even though he's Jewish. He said, Eric Adams will sit and have dinner with Rudy Giuliani and me. That day came and went, and now he swears tonight, Eric Adams will be sitting in Rudy Giuliani's home with Andrew yep. and said, watching the Giants lose to the Philadelphia Eagles. And I'm a giant fan. It's a fait accompli.
0: It's the left versus the right. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight Slugfest. 77 WABC.
2: He's your numero uno.
0: It's the left versus the right. In the right corner, it's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa. In the left corner, it's Anthony Weiner.
1: Oh no. I got vertigo again. Hold on. Hold on, Anthony Weiner. Eric Adams, I call him Man with no plan, has now taken over the uh, the cruise line ship dock in Red Hook, created by Marty Markowitz, the previous Brooklyn Borough President, and the king of all schmoozing and cruising. Remember Marty brought in all the cruise yep, lines yep. to Red Hook. That
2: was a big accomplishment of his.
1: Now Eric Adams has said, I need the space for, count them, 1,000 migrants. This is sort of like when he set up the tents. You do that, the cruise lines are not going to be able to come in. Which means you're going to have Marty Markowitz as an enemy. Well. it was probably on a cruise right now yeah. asking for <laughs> extra bacon in the buffet.
2: You know, the other problem with that is, That's in the middle of nowhere, uh, mass transit-wise. There's one bus that comes in and out of there. I don't... It's, like, not a good place to have... You know, they had him on Randall's Island, which also wasn't a a good place.
1: And I may have to show up again as the rat czar. You know the size of the rats on the warfare. Yeah. They're bigger than any rats in the five boroughs. Red Hook, yeah, Red Hook (laughs) rats. Not a good idea.
2: Red Hook rats are next level.
1: Where does he he come up with these things? I mean, he just throws it up against the wall.
2: Exactly. He's, he's, He's showing that he's trying everything. I think that they should think some of these things through before they put them out there. By the way, you know, while we were talking, our great producer, Kevin,
1: sends the video. Someone threw a bike at you? Yeah, city bike. Don't you remember it was June 1st, June 2nd, 2020, the lockdown and pandemic? That's uh, right after uh, Mr. Floyd was killed in the streets oh, of South right. uh, Minneapolis by the four cops. And some of these demonstrations turned into looting and shooting. And it looks
2: like you were, def- you and some of your guardian angels were like defending a store. And it looks like a a city bike. Those city bikes are monster. They're hard to throw.
1: Then I found out how heavy they were. (laughs) So you know where the legal weed store is now on 8th Street and Broadway? Two blocks south is where we made our custard's last stand because they were hitting all those shops in which, uh, you know, they were selling sneakers, jewelry, you name it. Things they could turn over on eBay the next day. And we fought them. And a guy hit me with a claw hammer, broke my jaw, and then they picked up a city bike and smashed me in the head. Yeah, it comes flying over the top. This is insane. So the danger is with me getting hit by cabs, shot in the back of a cab five times, a hollow point bullets, slammed in the head with a city bike, and then now slammed by a woman on one of these e-bikes going like 20 miles an hour while I'm bringing my wife, Helen Keller, who can't see across the street. Well, here's the thing. You
2: are only safe on mass transit. Anytime exactly. that you, anytime that you start walking any place, anytime you start cabbing, anytime you can't do crossing the street. But that is pretty good. You are such an enemy of the of, uh, you know, you always said you were not a city biker. Whenever I would talk about me city yeah, biking no, no. over no, there, you would, bike. You would be bike. like,
1: that's not for me. Well, because if you notice, it doesn't have the bar across for the guy. No, so but here you learned the secret the hard way.
2: You know, you notice the, these bikes do get stolen, by the way. You very often oh, yeah. see homeless guys that with them kind of te t- you know, they get stolen. But they are hunker of bikes. Yeah. They are not graceful bikes in no. any way. And you're right, they're, they're, they're are tanks.
1: Ra- they really we are. You could send them to the Ukraine. <laughs> exactly. You could put a howitzer on it. It would qualify <laughs> as a tank. Exactly. I mean, it's, he- and boy, I got conked. And I mean, my jaw is already broken from the claw hammer. I had a concussion from that. Uh, Let me just say I have a newfound respect for City Bikes, especially when you get conked. Now, tonight, what's the over-under point spread? Sid again went on record Friday morning. I was there at 7.05, as I am every Monday and Friday 7.05. His co-host that morning was Andrew Giuliani. And, actually, they were talking Eagles-Giants tonight, you know, and – um, Sid was being more pragmatic. He was looking at the point spread. He's looking at right. it as a gambler, not because he likes the Giants or doesn't like it. Andrew is hardest with the Giants, Rudy's hardest with the Giants. Right. I'm a Giant fan, but Sid I, Sid is like me. He's a Jets fan. I, exactly. But I don't see how we can pass Eagles. But put that aside. On behalf of the mayor, it's almost as if um Sid Rosenberg has become the uh, chief of staff now that Frank Caron has left uh, the administration. He speaks for the mayor. He interjected. He said, oh, the mayor will come to your viewing party, your giant viewing party. It's going to be at Rudy's place tonight. Andrew will be there with his wife. Sid will be there, I'm sure, with his wife. And he said, oh, the mayor is definitely showing up.
2: Well, I want to say this. It's one thing to have dinner with a guy, that's very often like a business kind of environment. If the people that you watch a big football game with, they are your actual actual friends. So let's see if he delivers on this, but this is this is not the first time. Listen, you do a a, a show kind of a Sid wrap-up show. You do it once a week? Is that when you do? No, doing? no,
1: five uh five days. <laughs> five days because I have to make up for all his Michigan Right, <laughs> yeah. you know, they throw's out there in the morning. So
2: one. you have held him in a camp. You're kind of like a factcheck.org of the Sid show. Yeah. So you have called him out because he has promised a dinner in the past with Rudy. Let's see if this December comes to December
1: fourteenth, it never happened. Then he goes one further. He goes to Bill O'Reilly. Bill O'Reilly's on him, uh, on with him. He says, "Bill, you know, I was talking to the mayor the other day. You know, the mayor's a Nick fan. What do you say? The three of us, we go out for dinner and then we sit courtside oh, for a Nick came. And actually, Bill O'Reilly is all into it because there ain't no way Eric Adams is going to be right. sitting with Bill O'Reilly. Right? But Eric. Eric Adams does not realize, like all these other guys who have been implicated in the papers recently as friends of Eric Adams, that they act like they got a pipeline directly to the mayor. Sid is acting like he's his chief of state. He tells Bill O'Reilly, no problem, I'll arrange it. Yeah. So let's see what happens tonight. Kickoff, Link Stadium, Philadelphia. My prediction the Giants are going to crash and burn. It could be
2: ugly. Could be a blowout.
1: Uh, I predict. I could be wrong. And I'll certainly come back at 12 midnight and do my mea copas. But there is no way Eric Adams is going to the apartment of Rudy Giuliani, sitting there with Andrew, their families, and Sid and his family, watching the Giants. Sid is
2: way out there on this limb. He's way out there. And he knows he has you looking over his shoulder every day at noon. I'll be on with him Monday, 7.05. Now,
1: you know damn well he'll just skate to the next issue like it never occurred. Yeah. I'm telling you, these two Let's guys are see. metrosexuals. Let's They're Peacock, Sid Rosenberg, and Eric Adams together forever. But it's uh, if you missed any of Anthony Weiner's show in the middle, you got to go to wabcradio.com for his podcast and for the podcast that I steal its intellectual property from, <laughs> Keys to the City. It's really good. I'm telling you, I've stolen so much from him, he'll never know about it in a month of Sundays.
0: It's the left versus the right. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest. 77 WABC.